I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. So today I want to talk about power and control. At the beginning of season two, I had said that I was going to work on not being so controlling over this business because I didn't even realize I was, first of all, and growth is kind of this ongoing process. And I said that I would share that journey with you and I am here to do just that this week. So what I had started, what I had been doing in the past prior to the business and just in general in recovery with control is I would try hard to like think of all of the things that could go wrong right or I didn't like when things were unfinished so if there was an unfinished project or just something that was had loose ends it would kind of get to me in such a way that I would start to get frustrated and I think it was because I always felt the need to do things in their entirety because it felt chaotic and disorganized when things weren't completed and I also had this worry that it, like, it won't get done. I'm not going to have enough time. It won't get done. Like, I'm not going to have, well, what if it doesn't get done? What's going to happen, right? So I would try to control things and I would try to control the future or I would call it like time traveling in order to prevent myself from feeling like I didn't have enough time. But as many of you know, that doesn't work <laughs> because the more I tried to control what was going to happen, the more stressed I became. Because if you live by this this task list of control, there's a never an end to the things you can put on a task list. So what I had learned to do is look up, like I had said in other episodes, like be more mindful, take time, put better boundaries around my time and really start to embrace the moment that we're in. So I've done that in all of these areas of my life, but... And actually, maybe not, but and when I sat down with Jay to have a business meeting, so we own the business together, right? And he's the CEO. (laughs) And so we were talking about what we could do to combine what he's doing, what I'm doing, because we do the same thing. I do mindset coaching. He does mindset coaching. He does do personal training. He's amazing at personal training. So awesome. Um, And I do nutrition coaching. So we do a little bit of of everything. And he does do things I don't do. um, And vice versa. So what we wanted to do is come to a place where you guys could get both of us. Both of our schedules. Both of our input. Because they're different the the perspectives that we have are different, just said differently, but just really awesome. Almost like we have our own um, mindset coaching system, right? So anyway, we sit down to to combine things because as I had said when I first started the podcast that I spent a lot of time like creating the website and, um, you know, I chose the colors, you know, Jay was really kind to let me just kind of do my own thing. And also, this is the control part. Anytime he would give input, I would say that his website was too dark or didn't have the right colors or wasn't. So I'm not too proud of that now. So I wasn't very inclusive. Um, So he did, you know, was like, go for it, do it, you know. So I did. 
But now that I want to start to like kind of grow the business with him, I realized that was at the beginning of season two that I'm a not very good at being a team player when it comes to certain things, especially this thing. So here we have a situation where I trust Jay 100% and I am stuck in this place of wanting to maintain control over this business and also wanting to collaborate with him and also knowing that I will be going directly against my convictions if I don't let go and allow him the space, the creative space to help. So that's really what I was referencing when I was talking about control and having some a hard time with that. So fast forward to now. Um we had a conversation this week. We're going to we're going to go ahead and do it. We're going to create instead of being a Thrive online counseling, we're going to move towards being Skeeter's strength mindset coaching system because that really is what we're doing. We have our programs that we're running, our formulas that we're running. So I'm just incredibly proud to announce that. Um, And I want to say that there were some issues before we got to that point. There were some issues because what I realized is that I cannot micromanage his part of the creative, his creative and input in the business. Can't do it. And so what I mean by that is if I want him to be a part of the work that we're doing, I have to be a team player. And like I said before, I was not a team player. So what I've learned is that I had gone all the way through recovery, but I was also holding on to control of what the business would look like. And so we got into an argument, which is interesting because this might be hard for you guys to believe, but we don't argue all that much. You know, rarely, rarely, and it's usually my fault. (laughs) Why do I say this? Is because I'm, you know, maybe I'll be impulsive or something and he'll go just calm down, right? And this is very rare that this occurs. So we ended up having an argument because I got into this space where I was like, I I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know if what we're going to what we're doing is going to align. I don't know if this is going to be right. What if you choose colors for the website that are really dark? So I had gotten into this space where I was not thinking of him. I wasn't thinking of him. This happened a couple of nights ago and we kind of just stopped talking, right? And I realized like in the conversation I stopped talking and I'm like, "I'm sorry." Because I'm not thinking of you right now. And I know that I'm not thinking of you. So I followed my own formula. Took a time out. Re-regulate. Changed my physical state. I just went for a walk. Because I wasn't dysregulated. I just realized that I wasn't thinking of him. I wasn't able to really keep that in mind as we were going through this conversation. So I brought back, while I was on my walk, I brought back him and who he is. And I thought of his character traits. And I brought that back into my awareness. And I entered back into the conversation so that I could then have a conversation with him and not with my fears. Because prior to that, I was having a conversation with my fear. My fears are I don't want the people that I'm helping to not be helped anymore, which is fair. 
But I also know that Jay is amazing at what he does and he gives me so much amazing input. The truth is that if it wasn't for him, I might not be where I am today. Likely I would not be as far along as I am today. And he has taught me so many amazing things. So that's who he is. But in the conversation, who I was making him out to be is this person that's going to take the business and tank it is ridiculous so if you find yourself doing that in a relationship if you're finding yourself trying to control a situation and you're arguing with your own fears and you're not actually speaking with your partner i would suggest that you follow that formula that i talk about in other episodes take your time out change your physical state and recall the character of your partner to figure out who you've started talking to So that was incredibly successful for me. I came back, you know, not very long after, you know, when I apologized and we made the decision to go ahead into it, leaping in together to do the, this, to have a business where we're both working together to help you to just offer the best quality services to the people that we work with. It's incredibly exciting, incredibly nerve-wracking, you know, but it happened. And I just, I wanted to share that with you guys because I know that one of the things that we do when we have BPD is we try to find these little avenues of control, right? For me, it was, oh, I'm going to hold on to this, this business because if I just do this, then this is what I have and I can, you know, I can see exactly what's going to happen with it. That's illusory control. It's not real. And I was attacking my partner because of my own fear. Not okay. Wrong to do that. So I took my time out, changed my physical state. I started thinking of him and who he is. I came back to the situation, apologized, and we're done. We moved on. It was awesome. We we uh, It was like later in the night. So we every night I get our toothbrushes out put toothpaste on them we brush our teeth together and that was the end of it we'll have a business meeting tomorrow and you guys will start seeing that that pop up little bit by little bit that skeeters strength mindset coaching system as part of our business um so awesome development in terms of control so now my my um goal the the goal for me my my new mission in terms of like recovery or personal self-growth is going to be to continue to let go every single time we level up in business which i will be the first to admit it's hard because a lot of the skills that i'm talking to you guys about that you're learning about they require repetition so even though i've like let go of control in all of these other areas i have it in this one So I have to practice it and I'm not going to be good at it because I have a difficult time at times understanding what it means to be a team player. I have a hard time understanding sometimes what it means to be able to bounce things back and forth, you know, off of other people. You know, that definitely is something that's difficult for me. But also it comes down to me not really ever believing that anyone was loyal to their word. So I was never really a part of any team. Even when I was parts of like research teams and things like that, I never relied on anyone but myself. So that's just, you know, something that I had had come to be. So what I have to do is generalize this skill of letting go of control to the scenario of 
like allowing Jay to help me with this, with our business and really integrate himself into that business. It's going to take work. It's going to take reps. It's going to take practice and it's going to take humility and it's going to take patient endurance. So if you guys are out there struggling, I hope that story helps you understand that growth, one, growth is a lifelong process. Two, if you have an argument with your partner and you you have the tendency to be controlling, you have the tendency to operate in emotional reasoning in a fear-based state, take that time out. I know that it seems silly, but what I'm realizing about people with BPD and myself included, is that we are like not coachable people. So if you don't know what it means to be coachable, it means that you are someone who has a coach guiding you through something and you trust that that person that is guiding you through the thing that you're going through knows what they're doing. And so while you trust them that they know what they're doing, you listen and follow every direction just as they lay it out. That's not something that people with BPD do well because we can be defiant, right? We can be defiant, we can be hesitant, we can lack trust in ourselves and in the world around us. So oftentimes we skip oftentimes, excuse me, we skip steps. So if you if that resonates with you, if you're not coachable, meaning if you know, you do if somebody asks you to do something and you do it, but you add your own flair to it, you add your own rules to it, or you circumvent the thing that they're trying to tell you to do, but you end up at the same end point and you're like, oh, I did what they said. That's being not coachable, not coachable. So the formula to calm down and to regain control of yourself so that you can see the other person in front of you is to take a timeout and to re-regulate to get back to that space of emotion regulation by changing your physical state in a way that matches your dysregulation. Those are the steps. You have to follow the steps as I've laid them out for you in order for them to work. So I'm saying that to everyone out there who says, I've tried and I can't. Or I tried to re-regulate um, and I'm, or I'm, or I'm sitting down. I was just sitting down, just you know, I, I took a time out and I just turned on Netflix. Okay. So if you take a time out and you turn on Netflix, that's not the formula. <laughs> okay. If you take it, if you turn on Netflix and you find yourself crying and wallowing and you know, then you call me and tell me that the formula doesn't work. That's not the formula. It's when you feel your itches and your bubbles and you feel yourself getting dysregulated or if you're in the moment where you're already at 60, leave the situation. Take a time out. Step one. Step two, change your physical state. Do something physical. Take a cold shower. Go for a walk. I know it's not pleasant and it's not Netflix and it's not Prime Video or whatever else that you want to do and veg out on, on the TV. It's not any of that. But it will help take that emotional, reactive, and just intense hyperarousal from 60 or 100 down, which will allow you space to do step three, which is to remember the character of the person you're in relationship with. 
Are you in relationship with somebody who intentionally wants to hurt you? Are you in relationship with somebody who has historically just been mean to you? Or are you just arguing with your own fears? So if you've not had success so far with regulating your emotions, go back and listen to some of the older episodes and write down the steps and really practice being coachable. Do the things exactly as they're laid out. If you have a therapist or if you're in DBT, great. Do the exact things that it says to do to follow the skill. What your therapist says, do exactly what she says. Just try it. I know that I I never did this. I thought I did, but I didn't. That's why I just love doing new things now because when I'm with someone who can coach me to do something, I listen and I do exactly what they tell me to do and I'm successful. We were like having a catch in the backyard the other day and I played softball when I was a kid and I remember being on first base and like zoning out, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And the coach was like, get under the ball. And I didn't listen. Um, so that, you know, one time that I'm a first baseman and the ball's hit to me and I'm on this all-star team, uh, the ball hits me in the head because <laughs> I didn't get under the ball. And I had convinced myself that I was like this horrible player and I was taken off my first base position all because of this incident where I just didn't get under the ball. I just put my glove out. I did exactly what they said not to do. So we were playing catch in the yard the other day and Jay's like, get under the ball, get under the ball, right? So I started listening to him because he was teaching my son this, right? Our son this. So I start listening to him. I'm catching all these pop-up balls. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Turn your shoulder, do this. Awesome. Wow. I could have been like some, you know, baseball player. Probably not, but My point is that when I learned to stop fighting the rules and I just gave in to do the things as it's laid out, I had great success in my life. And I urge you to do the same. Be coachable. This is a term that's actually used. So if you want to Google coachable or uncoachable, go for it. You'll find some literature mainly on kids, but it really does apply to us as well. And this, you know, me wanting this control over the business, like I said, logically, it's ridiculous. So I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to make mistakes. I already know that. And I'm going to try to micromanage the things that he wants to do. I already know that. I'm going to do the best that I can to prevent that. But if a moment arises where I fall short, I'm going to time out, change my physical state, re-regulate, think of him remember who he is as a person, remember his character, and I'm going to apologize and move on because that's how you do it. I'm going to do exactly that. And I have a hundred percent confidence that I'm going to get through this. And I'm excited. I'm excited to do it because I know that that formula works. I know that it does. So if you're out there and you're struggling with control in a different area of your life and you really want to let go of that control, I would encourage you to start with mindfulness, to start following these formulas. It's interesting because I always thought that that was the way that I could gain trust of the world around me and trust in myself, that I could gain that trust. 
through holding on and squeezing things really tightly and smothering them. Because if I could hold on to them and squeeze them really tightly, then I didn't have to worry about what was going to happen. But that is the farthest thing from true. Holding on and squeezing really tightly actually makes it more likely for things to go wrong. And it's not living. So I chose to live, to look up, and to really fully engage in my life. And, you know, that's where letting go of control can be just so freeing. I definitely feel free. Am I a little nervous? I'm a little nervous. But I'm confident in my husband and his ability. I'm confident in myself and in my ability to recover. So my nervousness will fuel me to be the best person I can be and to be convicted in my beliefs and my moral compass and to really live out the things I'm saying to you week in and week out. So thank you so much for listening. I'm so appreciative that I'm able to share my journey with you, the wins and the lows, because that's what this all that's what this is all about walking together on this ongoing path of self-discovery and this ongoing path of just growth. So that being said, this is a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching System. Next week, we're going to start BPD Recovery Month. So we want to raise awareness for the against the stigma of BPD in a positive way. In a positive way, we don't want to start posting things that say people with BPD are like third degree burn victims. Guys, post things that tell people the stuff about BPD that is good because there's zero way that anyone's going to understand that. Neurotypical people are going to read that and they're going to add it to the already stigmatized thing. So make sure that when you're posting about the disorder that you're posting, that people with BPD are able to recover, that we're passionate, that we're hyperbolic, which is awesome, that we have An amazing ability to have empathy once we've recovered and gotten all of our tools. That we are just awesome, well-intentioned people who need some guidance. That's the message to be sent. We'll be starting that here next week. I'm going to be doing a series of interviews of people who are in recovery at varying stages and hopefully get a panel discussion going on. So with that being said, if you want to be on the podcast let me know. Send me an email. We'll have a pre-interview to figure out whether or not your story would be an awesome story to share. I'm sure it will. And I'll see you next week on another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Hi, Rose. My question is in regards to dealing with an environment in which you can't really get out of. It tends to make recovery more difficult. I'm a 20-year-old college student stuck at home because of the pandemic and I was wondering how you deal with a family that also tends to be mostly emotionally intense people also. They continue to invalidate me despite knowing I have this diagnosis and refuse to educate themselves even when I send them your podcast. I don't really know how to move forward with recovery until they 
also are supportive. Thank you. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm really sorry. It sounds incredibly isolating to be in that situation where you're at home and everyone's really intense and it like likely seems a little bit hypocritical. It's isolating. So I'm really sorry to hear that. I will say that it's important that you understand what you're asking them for. So it sounds like you're asking for them to understand how your brain works. And I'm wondering if that is a reasonable expectation. So obviously I don't know because I don't know them. But oftentimes what I find is that family members, they can't validate us the way we need to be validated because we are seeking this hyperbolic sort of validation that they just can't like grasp they can't get to that level right so this is a probably not the greatest analogy but this is what I'm coming up with right now we're getting a puppy I have a German Shepherd now and we have a Boston Terrier and I loved raising our German Shepherd puppy so we're gonna get another puppy and he was born in April on April 22nd I'm over the moon excited about this puppy. I talk about the puppy. I want to name the puppy. I mean, it's hyperbolic. I'm passionate about getting our new puppy. And I was sitting outside and we're talking, I'm talking to Jay and I'm like, babe, are you excited about this puppy? He's like, I am. Cricket, cricket. I'm like, Jay, we're getting a puppy. Like, why can you be excited? He's like, I am. So (laughs) I was joking, right? Because I know I've been through this with him before. And in the past, it would have been an argument because I would have been like, you, you're not as excited as I am, or you don't love me as much as I love you, or you don't get it. This hurts. And he would be like, no, I get it. But I don't need to get it in any other way than I just understand it. And I think that really spoke volumes to me and I hope that it speaks volumes to you you know I think what I'm trying to say is I don't know if they're able to understand you which means that I don't know if they're really capable of validating you in the way that you're looking for and I also think that your recovery journey it has to be your own which is hard especially as you know at that young age Because what I'm asking you to do is to stop looking to them to change and holding them to the same standard as you're having to hold yourself to, which is a very hard thing to do. I would recommend doing the work of recovery, whatever your treatment looks like, and then giving them more concrete ways of supporting you instead of asking them to do the work of listening to the podcast and all these other things that they're not really invested in doing for whatever reason. Because I think that they'll be invested in doing the things that you're doing when they see the positive changes that you're engaging in. And if they're not invested in doing that, then that's a huge loss for you. So either way, you really need to seek some help and support because there's a mourning that would happen, like a mourning the loss of the, the people that you know you had wanted to be in your family. Sometimes we don't have the mom or the dad or the sister that we envisioned having. And unfortunately, we really have to be okay with that because that's what we've gotten. And what that would look like would be just accepting them for who they are, 
in the same way that you want to accept, you want acceptance for who you are, starting on your recovery journey without needing or not needing, but without expecting the external validation from them and understanding that if you keep arguing with them, you don't see me, you don't see me, why can't you understand me? Why are you invalidating? Then what you're doing is you're camping out in that space, you're staying there, so you're frozen, not able to start your own recovery journey because you're focusing on things that don't propel you forward, and I just don't want that for you. So I want you to focus on things that will propel you forward because remember, if you're in your 20s now, 20 years from now, is it going to matter whether or not they did these things? Because likely, you're going to get older and they're going to get even older. (laughs) So your recovery has to be for you. And one day when you're calmer, you can go back and revisit those conversations when you can explain your perspective. You could also consider getting a coach or a clinician that specializes in the BPD brain so that they can help explain it to them. All right, Amy, well, I wish you the best of luck on your journey. If you need anything, just reach out to JRI. We would love to help you. Thanks so much. Hey, this is a question for Rose. Um, During that separation that you had from Jay that you guys frequently talk about, what did you do to refocus yourself and commit to your recovery process or was that separation one of those aha moments for you where you decided that this was when you needed to start changing because you had lost a person and a relationship that you valued so heavily? Hey Maggie, that's such a great question. Thank you for reaching out. So when Jay and I broke up, I wasn't on a recovery journey. I mean, likely I probably should have been. And I had done a ton of growth work just as, be, you know, in terms of becoming a clinician, becoming a therapist, having internships and things like that. You know, I didn't have any sort of like active dysfunctional things on the outside, right, to the outsider. So when he broke up with me, That was a light bulb moment for me to realize that I wasn't as like uh, far along as I thought I was or I wanted to convince myself that I was like just because I didn't have this like full blown eating disorder and I had a stable job and housing and a child, you know, those weren't the things that were going to be they're just they just didn't matter what mattered was that I still had issues trusting other people I still had issues with emotion regulation and relationships I you know would forget who he was and start attacking him because of my own fears and insecurities so it was really more of a light bulb moment and it also did help me to refocus what I didn't call it the my recovery journey at the time, but definitely refocus my recovery journey because it was at that moment where I was like, I am not going to like live. I'm not going to be alone forever. I refused to be alone forever. And I just knew for some reason that that's what would happen because I wanted the, I wanted to have a family. That was something that I wanted a lot ever since I was a little kid. I wanted to have a family, a functional relationship. And so 
I knew that what had happened with Jay was like my fault and I wanted to have that back. So, I mean, I did a lot of things. That was like really a huge rock bottom for me. It was almost like a a death because I wasn't sure at that time whether or not he would, well, I wasn't sure whether, I knew, I actually had convinced myself because I knew how he was. I knew he was very loyal to his word and I knew, I thought that I knew that he would never like come back or like reach back out to me at the time. But I also did know that I, you know, I wasn't sure whether or not I'd be able to be any different. So the first thing that I did was pray because I grew up Catholic and at the time I had been like atheist, really against anything spiritual, but I was desperate. You know, it's like if you imagine, you know, an air you're on an airplane and it starts going down, you know, like I would have prayed. So that's what I did. And because I was raised Catholic, I prayed 10 Hail Marys and one Our Father because that's what I had learned to do. And I just did that every night. I started there just like I would put my son to bed and I would go to bed early and I would just lay there and I would pray. And then I would wake up the next day and I would run, which is, um, (laughs) so if you, people who know me well know that I'm not a runner because I just don't like to run, but I did it. I ran because I was so upset and I just knew that being upset wasn't going to be the thing to do. I was at the time I was like in an internship. I had, I just had so many really great things going for me outside of that. And I was just so dysregulated. So I would wake up every day. I would run, I would pray, I would research how to be a good partner. I would research BPD. I would research empathy. Um, I looked at, I would Google things like what happens when you're when you hold too tightly onto a relationship. And I just started studying. Not BPD stuff, not DBT, like not nothing like that. I just started studying like how to be a good person, how to be a good partner. And I prayed every day, every night for months until I was supposed to, I finally decided I was going to go out and start dating again. And then I went out for my birthday and I was supposed to have a date with this guy Blaine and I had gotten an email from Jay um, about two days before that date asking me to go out with him to like reconnect with him on the same day that I had this date with this other kid at the same time. So it was just really a phenomenal thing. It was, you know, I'm just, every time I tell that story, I'm blown away by it because it's mind blowing, you know, but that's what I did. And then when I, that day that I, you know, met up with him, I kept it all in. I put a dating hat on and I really focused on all of the things that I had learned and I had memorized. I had read the same articles over and over again. So I had like memorized them and I was doing everything I could to keep all of that stuff that I had showed him before inside because that was the thing that I wanted. So it was, you know, at first, I remember that first meeting, the first time back with him, it was exhausting for me. I came home and I went to sleep because I had never acted so socially appropriate. You know, I'd never, like, I guess even pretended at that time because I was walking the path to who I was becoming. But, you know, that's how I did it. Hopefully that answers your question, long-winded, but it was like just really important for me to 
to drive home in my hyperbolic way that yes, I refocused, I got back on, I did everything in my power to get this this life that I have now. And I'm stoked about it. So hopefully that's inspiring to you, Maggie. If you need anything, reach out. You can reach out to Jay. You can reach out to me. We'll, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for your question. Hi, Rose. It's Grace Griffith here from Victoria, Australia. Uh, I normally wouldn't do this, but I'm, um, thanks to you, feeling a lot more confident in myself and so this is me doing something new and reaching out and saying thank you so much Rose I honestly think you have saved my life you have transformed my life um I have such a better outlook on life I am now like nearly two months uh episode free I just I can't thank you enough um and I just want you to know that I think you're doing incredible work and yeah, you're a, just a bit of a legend. <laughs> Thanks, Rose. Bye. Grace, that was the sweetest message. I'm blown away by that. Thank you so much for sending that out. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm like tearing up listening to it over here because that's I just wanted to help one person when I started this. And to hear that I've helped you like that, it's just it's amazing to me. It's just so, so incredible, right? It's thank you. Thank you. And you're a legend because you're doing it. So keep going strong in recovery, Grace. And again, thank you so much. It's very helpful to be able to hear from people who are successful and that I'm helping people because just feels good and it fuels me and motivates me to move forward especially as we embark on this new journey Jay and I to offer even more services even more support to our favorite BPD community until next time everybody Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.